Hello, and welcome to another episode of Music and Therapy with Relationship Coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. How are you guys doing today? I hope that you're having a wonderful day and that you're enjoying yourself and spending time with family and friends or that you're having a great day at work with your coworkers. Whatever you're doing, I hope it's amazing that you're having a great day and that you are living your life to the fullest and that you're being the best you that you could possibly be. Happy belated Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I hope you enjoy your day on Sunday. I hope that you got a chance to relax and just spend time with your kids and family and that you didn't have to do any work. I must admit, my Mother's Day was amazing. It was the first time in years that I can think of that I didn't have to clean up the kitchen after my kids made me breakfast or yeah since they actually bought me like real gifts I was excited this year for Mother's Day I got bath bombs I got a cup that my daughter custom made I got some shoes earrings it was amazing my husband also got me some wonderful things so Mother's Day was great and like I said I didn't have to clean up that was amazing now the thing that I did have to do is buy food for everybody and I don't know how they did it my kids are so smart when it comes to that what they did was they're like mom we're gonna take you out we're gonna get you something to eat I was like great so they took me out we ended up going different places and then the next thing I know I'm paying for the food I'm like, wait, wait, I thought you were paying. They're like, oh, no, 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 we had to buy your gifts. They're like, but we took you out. And I'm just like, okay. So, yeah, they took me out. I paid, but it's all good. It was a fun day, and I cannot complain. So we had a great day, and I hope you had a good day as well. So happy belated Mother's Day to all you mothers, and I hope your day was awesome. I have a special invitation for you guys, and I would like for you to join me in the Facebook group. Now, the Facebook group for the music and therapy podcast is great. I love it because there are so many things that we can talk about. It's a more intimate setting. It's small. It's not as many people, but you can ask questions and you can connect. And if you find something interesting you want to share, you are able to share it with the group. And I would love to have you there. It's just not the same without you. There's a lot of nice people there, a lot of good, great, fun people there. So I want you to be a part of the group as well. And here's why. I do plan in the future to start doing more things. I'm going to be doing more giveaways. I just got some more merch for music and therapy. And I would love for you to have t-shirts or um, backpacks, whatever it is. But in order for you to get these giveaways, you're going to have to be in the group. I also plan to start doing um, live questions and answers about the podcast. And I need you in the group so that you can ask me your questions. If you want to know how to connect with me, this is how you do it. Join the group so that we can connect. We can talk. I can answer questions. You can share things that are on your mind or that's important to you. I would just love to have your input. And you can also share topics in the group that you would like for us to discuss in future episodes. So there are many good reasons to join the group. So I encourage you to come and join our group. Now, if you don't know how to join a group, it's not hard at all. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and you will be able to join the group and no i don't have to approve you to join the group you are automatically in as long as you click join that is how you can join the group so i look forward to seeing you can't wait to hear from you and i'm dying to hear all your wonderful ideas that you have because i know you have amazing ideas and i know you have topics that you want to discuss that i have not discussed yet so come on join the group and share all those topics with me i can't wait to hear from you today on the podcast we are going to listen to an episode i did a while ago and it was about 
how to move on from an affair. Now, next week, I have an amazing episode together for you, and it's going to be talking about emotional affairs. But before we talk about emotional affairs, I want to talk about how people can move on from having an affair. Now, in this episode, I do briefly mention how in the previous episode, I talked about what made people have affairs. So maybe I can talk about that sometime this week, or maybe I'll set something up where we'll discuss what could possibly make a person have an affair and why people have affairs but I just feel like this episode is something that we do need to discuss and I do want it to be like the prequel to lead us into what we're talking about next week which is emotional affairs because I think emotional affairs are underrated and no one talks about them no one really thinks about them but they are a problem and according to statistics emotional affairs account for nearly half of the infidelity that people report in their marriages. So we're going to tackle that big issue next week, but this week we are going to find out how to survive if you or your marriage or your relationship has been involved or gone through an affair. So here's the episode that I did on how to survive an affair. On this episode of the podcast, we are going to be continuing our conversation about infidelity. Now, guys, if you missed this episode last week, or if you missed last week's episode of the podcast, I strongly encourage you just to go back and listen to that episode because we talked about the reasons why some men and some women are unfaithful to their spouse. Now, however, in this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about how to heal and begin to rebuild your marriage after an affair because it's important for us to discuss things that may lead up to it, but it's also important to discuss how to heal. Now, I do believe it is possible to heal and rebuild your marriage after an affair, but just remember this is not going to be an easy fix. So today, I'm going to be sharing some tips and pointers with you that can help you to rebuild your marriage after an affair. Now, in addition to what I'm going to share with you, I would also strongly encourage you guys to enlist the help of a professional counselor to assist you and your spouse and saving and rebuilding your marriage. Now, please keep in mind that healing after an affair is not going to be easy, and it's going to take a lot of hard work on the part of you and your partner, but you guys can do it. If this is what you're going through, I know you can do it. So here are some steps to help you with healing your marriage after an affair. Now, the steps I'm going to talk to you about right now, I'm going to break them down into two parts. Now, the first part I'm going to break down um, the section into is steps that the person who's unfaithful needs to take to begin restoring their marriage. And then later on in the podcast, I'll talk about the steps that the person who has been betrayed needs to take to begin to heal. Okay, so let's just say you're the person who was unfaithful in the marriage. You're the one who's straight. You cheated as it goes. So this is are some steps that you need to take to rebuild your marriage. I guess the first thing, and we all know what this is, number one, just be honest. And being honest can mean a lot of things. Being honest can mean you honestly tell what happened, you answer any questions that they have, explain any details that they want to know about, anything that they ask you, you need to be honest. Not only do you need to be honest, but you need to be honest about what led you to be unfaithful. You need to be honest about who you were unfaithful with, 
You need to be honest about every detail. Anything that you're asked about, you need to be honest. And then you need to be honest moving forward, letting them know that they can trust you. So honesty is key. Then I guess I should have put this first. So honesty is the second thing. The first thing you need to do is immediately end the affair. Cease all contact and communication with the person that you're having an affair with. Okay, I guess that should go without saying, but I'm just going to say end the affair. Cease all contact and communication with that person that you had the affair with. It's done. It's over. Do not go back. Don't revisit. End it. Let it go. And cease all contact. Then the next step would be, even during this part, you need to be honest so that your partner or spouse will feel like they can begin to trust you. But you got to be honest. And you have to understand that this is not going to be overnight. Like, I'm honest. I told you about it. So you should be good. No, that's not how life works. You're honest. You tell them about it. You should be good job, but you need to do more to let them know that they can trust you. The next step would be accept the consequences of your actions. Now, just saying what you did and I'm saying a simple, I'm sorry, is not going to work. You need to accept the fact that you hurt this person. So if one day they just start screaming at you out of the blue, like you destroyed our family, this, that, and the other, you should not be getting an attitude about that, except that my actions caused this person to feel this way, and you accept the consequence. And the consequence could be they could leave you. They could divorce you. The consequence could be they don't trust you. Well, of course, they wouldn't trust you, but the consequence could be they may not trust you. Another consequence could be there's going to be like, anger that's going to be there so that anger may come up at any given point in time and you're just going to have to deal with it by reassuring them that you understand you hurt them and you are sorry so you have to accept whatever the consequences may be for that action you have to accept the consequences of your action the next thing would be to give your spouse a written apology and i'm not talking about the apologies my kids do and here's the apologies my kids do they'll say something mean to their sister or whatever and then Megan, she's good for this. She'll be like, well, if I've done anything to offend you, whether I did or not, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, that's not the kind of apology that we need and that you need to be giving. Um, my other daughter, Kennedy, she'll give an apology like, I'm sorry. And I'll be like, for what? I'm sorry. So another I'm sorry will not work as well. The apology that you have to give is more like the apology my youngest daughter, Dawson, gives. When she does something wrong, she says, I'm sorry for. So that's the beginning. Now, of course, you can't just say, I'm sorry for having an affair. You can, but they need more than that. They need an apology saying, I'm sorry for this. I was wrong. This hurt you in these ways. I shouldn't have done it. It was my fault. You need to do that. So you can give a written apology. I also think a verbal apology is good too. So it should be a verbal apology, a written apology. You should just apologize. They need to know that you are really sorry and that you get that they hurt you, that you hurt them. They need to understand that you get that you hurt them. So give an apology. I would suggest for both a verbal and a written apology. Um, take responsibility for your action. Don't go into it with an attitude like, well, I wouldn't have done this if you had been doing this. No, no, no. That's not how it goes. Remember when we talk about this, you are responsible for yourself. So no matter what this person has done, no matter what you think your spouse did to make you feel like you had to do this, it was your choice to have an affair. So you cannot blame them for your choice. You have to accept responsibility. I was wrong. I did this. I shouldn't have. And once you start thinking like that, it'll be easier for you to understand 
how you've hurt them, what you did wrong. But of course, I'm sure most people know what they did wrong. So take responsibility for your action. Don't try to put blame on anybody or anything else. It was you. So take that responsibility and accept it and just be a mature person and let them know that you take responsibility for your actions and that you were wrong. Another step would be to redefine redefine sexual intimacy. And I think it's good for both people because for the person who has um, had an affair, they need to define and redefine how they can be sexually intimate with their spouse. And the reason I say this is because they may feel pressure to perform in a bedroom to let their spouse know that, oh my goodness, I really love you, I'm really sorry, you know, let's do this. And it may not work, it may backfire because they're trying too hard and they are putting too much pressure on themselves. So redefine what sexual intimacy is for you if you are the person who have betrayed your spouse. Because if you try to go into it by trying to put all this extra pressure on yourself and you're unable to perform satisfactory, well, satisfactory, okay, If you are unable to perform the way that you normally do, then your spouse is going to feel like, oh, it's me. And that just started a whole nother can of worms that you don't want to get into. So just talk about it and redefine sexual intimacy and grow from there together so that you guys can begin to rebuild trust. Another thing I'm going to say is don't try to force your spouse to forgive you. Yes. Now, my kids do it all the time. They'll be like, I said, sorry, you should forgive me. And then they get mad if their sister don't want to forgive them. The point is... That you hurt them. It may be hard for them to honestly and truly forgive you at this time. So what you need to do is expect for it to take some time. And let them forgive you in your time. While they're working on themselves trying to forgive you or work through what they're working through. Because you have to remember, they are grieving. It's like you have really broken their trust. And they have to go through a grieving process to even accept your apology and to forgive you and to move forward in a healthy, conducive way in your marriage. So don't try to force them to hurry up and forgive you because that's not going to allow them the grieving process that they need, the grieving time that they need to have, excuse me, for this process. So don't force them to forgive you. Continue to do what you're doing to let them know that you're sorry, rebuild confidence, rebuild trust, etc. But let them forgive you in your own time. And please be understanding that they're going to forgive me. It's just going to take some time. Be understanding about the time that it's going to take them to go through the stages of grief so that they can go through these stages, be in a better place, and be able to forgive you. Another thing is don't expect them just to move on. Because as I said, they cannot just move on. When you hurt someone like this, it's going to take time for them to be able to move forward. And they may never just move on and act like it never happened, but they'll be able to move forward with you in a healthier relationship. So realize it's going to take some time and don't expect them to just move on. Realize that you need to rebuild their trust again. Because sometimes people take for granted that um, trust is just automatically going to happen because you said you're sorry or because you said, hey, I hurt you, I'm sorry. But that's not how it works. Trust is something that is hard to gain. Trust is very hard to get, but it's so easy to lose. So in a marriage, once you lose the trust of your spouse, it's going to be very hard to get it back. But if you understand this, you'll understand that it's going to take some time. You'll have some patience while you're working toward rebuilding trust. And then you won't get all upset and angry and frustrated because you understand it's going to take some time. So you're going to have to be understanding on your part to understand this is not an easy fix. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but with time. And healing, your relationship can be better than what it used to be. 
be committed to the whole process of trying to restore your marriage and trying to heal. Because so many people try to start doing things, and then when they get tired, they walk away or don't want to do it. Understand it's going to be hard, but then commit to yourself and to your spouse and to have that no matter how hard it gets, you are going to be committed to rebuilding trust and restoring that relationship. So be committed. And as I've already said, know that it's going to take some time to rebuild their trust. So if you're the person who had the affair, just realize that you have to be honest. You have to accept responsibility and accept the consequences of your actions. Give your spouse an apology, both written and verbal. um, Redefine sexual intimacy. Don't try to force your spouse to forgive you. And don't expect your spouse to just move on. And realize that it's going to take time to rebuild their trust in you again. And be committed for the long haul so that no matter how long it takes, you'll be committed to rebuilding your relationship with them. And then work on communication because open communication will help you be more honest and it will help the process. So that is what you need, some steps you need to start taking to rebuild the trust in your marriage and also to begin healing. Now, for the person who has um, been betrayed in the marriage, here are some steps that you need to take to begin the healing process. First, ask lots of questions. And here's why it's important to ask lots of questions. Because it's important to find out why somebody did something. What led to this? How did we get here? What did you do? Ask any of the detailed questions you want to know. What led up to the affair? What happened during the affair? What led them to have the affair? Ask those questions because you're not asking these questions just to like open wound, open the wound again and like make yourself think about this unpleasant situation. But you're asking the questions because you need to know what happened. You need to know what led to this. If you want to fix a problem, you can't just fix a problem without knowing what went wrong. It's almost like you, your pipes break in the house, right? So let's say your pipes broke and water's all over the floor and you call a mechanic to fix, you call the plumber to fix your pipes. Now, he's not going to come in and just say, oh, water, and just water is all over the kitchen, let me just fix it. No, because you can't fix it without looking at it. He's going to actually go through, he's going to do a diagnostic, he's going to see what's wrong with the pipes, why they broke, what happened to make them break, so that he can tell you, and then together, you can pay him, of course, and he can fix the problem. So, ask lots of questions because remember, you're doing this because you want to restore your marriage. You want it to be better. You want to fix it and work on it. So, in order to work on it and fix it and to restore it and heal it, you have to ask lots of questions so you'll know what went wrong and you can begin to work on those issues. Because a lot of times, cheating is, how can I put it? It's not the illness. It's not like the main problem. It's a result of several problems and issues. So if you work on the problems and issues that caused this to happen, then you can work on resolving it and healing your marriage. I would say balance rage with a need for information. Now, you will be angry, but don't let that anger overtake you to the point where you're not getting the information that you need to help the healing process begin. Another good thing is don't let... It consumes you. So if you're talking about to your spouse, asking questions about what happened with the affair and talking to your spouse about the affair, I would encourage you to get a timer. And we have them on our phones. Maybe a half an hour you'll talk about the affair and you'll talk about what happened and how it hurt you. And then after that, 
don't talk about it anymore because the more you talk about it, the more it will consume you, the more you'll have more questions, it'll just mess with your mind. So talk about it for a t- set a time limit. Talk about it, but don't let it consume you and be the only thing you guys discuss in a 24-hour period because that is not healthy. Another thing is to expect the unexpected. Now, here's what I mean by that. Your spouse may be defensive. They may deflect and they may get angry. So expect these type of behaviors. And when you expect these behaviors, you know that you need to let them know, listen, I understand you're upset, but we need to talk about this. And you discuss the affair and not let their issues and their problems and their anger make you stop talking about the issue at hand, which is the affair. Now, don't forgive too quickly. That's another step because it's going to take you time to grieve the affair. It's it's a loss. Like you lost the trust in your marriage. You lost the faithfulness in your marriage. It's a loss. And so like any loss in life, you're going to need that time to grieve the loss. So take the necessary time and the time that you need to grieve. Now, when I say don't forgive too quickly, I'm not saying don't be like hateful or whatever. Yeah, I'm saying don't be hateful. Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is sometimes we cheat ourselves out of the grieving process because we want to make the other person happy or we're afraid that they're going to leave or whatever. But give yourself the time to grieve because if you don't grieve, it's going to come back later on in the relationship and there's going to be issues with trust. There's going to be a lot of different issues. So grieve the affair and don't forgive too quickly. Take the time that you need to grieve and to heal and to move forward. Um, Another step that I would um, recommend would be set up boundaries and some rules. Now, at first, it may seem ridiculous, and people are probably going to be like, what? Rules? Yes, you need to set up some rules and boundaries because it's going to be hard to move forward with someone you don't trust. So if you're struggling with trust right now, which would be understandable because your trust was broken, then what you need to do is set up some boundaries that you both agree on. Like, listen, you cannot do this. I don't expect you to do that. If you are on the phone and I come in the room, I need to see who you're talking to, what you're doing. Set up some boundaries and set up some rules so that you can guide how this is going to work out. So you can give yourself peace of mind that, okay, he's working toward being honest with me or she's working toward being faithful and being honest. So set up some boundaries and set up some rules. I would also recommend that you share responsibility for what happened. Now, let me just say it's not your fault. He or she made that decision. But you have to look at the things that happened before. Like I said before, in number one, ask lots of questions. And you do this so that you can find out what went wrong. Because if you find out what went wrong, you can see, okay, well, maybe I neglected to do this, this, or that. Now, that's you are not the cause of the affair. But if you know what went wrong and why they felt that way, then whatever small responsibility you may have in this you will be able to recognize it because we have to be honest a marriage is with two people and when things go wrong in the marriage it's not just him it's not just her it's both of you now whether your contribution to what happened is huge or whether it's small and minor you have some responsibility in it based on something you may have done said etc maybe you had an affair before i don't know but you've done something or something has happened that would make, that would um, let this person feel that this is what they need to do. Now, is it your fault? No, it's not your fault because they are in charge of themselves and it was their decision. So it's not your fault, but you need to see what happens so that you can make sure that anything that you may share responsibility in, in having this situation occur, that you work on it 
and find out what it is so that you both can work on it. And I would also like, you know, encourage you to remember that people can change. So many times you hear things like, once a cheater, always a cheater. And that's not always true. I've come to find out that sometimes cheating is a response to something that has happened to a person, maybe insecurity, maybe a way they were feeling alone, depressed, whatever. It is a result of something the majority of the time. Now, there are people out there who are serial cheaters or people out there who have sexual addictions and that causes them to cheat all the time and be unfaithful to their partner. But a lot of the times, that's not it. So just because he or she may have cheated on you doesn't mean it's going to be a continual thing. There have been instances and there have been times where people cheated once and they never did it again. So you just have to remember that people can change and just because they did it once, that's not always an indication or an indicator that they're going to continue to do it. So that should help you have some peace of mind if you're thinking about moving forward in your marriage and forgiving the person. You can know that some people, it is a serial kind of thing, but a lot of the people, the majority of people, is not. They do it once, they see how bad it hurt, they learn their lesson, and they never do it again. So just keep in mind that people can change. Another thing that I think it would be good to remember, because so many times we think of cheating as like a end-all, a deal-breaker, and a lot of times it is, but I want to let you know that there are statistics showing that people who have been in long-term relationships for like 50 years, even 60 years, a lot of these marriages has encountered an affair in this marriage, but they work through it. So a good reality check for you would be to know that, okay, it happened. We can work through this. Have some hope. Like you can work through this. This is something that you can work through. Now, if it's a situation where you just know there is no way you want to work through this, can't, you just cannot do it, then I'm not telling you to go ahead and do it. But I'm saying if you feel that your marriage can survive and it can work out, then I would encourage you to try to work through this because a lot of people who have been married for long periods of time have gone through this and they've come out on the other side with a healthier relationships, better relationships, and a healthy and thriving marriage. So I would encourage you to just think about this as you make your decision. Now, as you begin to trust more, then it will be a time for you to ease up on some of the rules that you have. Now, when I said set up boundaries and some rules, now some of those rules might have been hard. It may have been like, of course, you don't trust the person. So these rules were very, how can I put it? They were strict. So you can ease up as you begin to trust again. You can ease up on some of these strict rules like for instance i mentioned if you have a rule where if you come into the room and he and he or she is on the phone that you get to see who it is or if they're on a computer you get to walk up behind them and see what they're doing or you get to go through their phone and search their phone or whatever the case may be whatever rules you agreed upon but as you begin to trust more ease up on some of those rules because you're letting the person know okay i'm beginning to trust you again and you're giving them some kind of confidence to let them know that this is not always going to be this way, that I am working hard to rebuild trust, they see it, and we are letting go and easing up on some of those rules. So as you begin to trust again, and as your marriage begins to get better, you can ease up on some of those rules. Another thing you can do is find a support system. Find someone to talk to who has either gone through what you're going through, or as I always say, talk to family friends, but you can't talk to all your family and you can't talk to all your friends about it. There has to be a trusted person 
that you can share this information with, a trusted person who can give you good advice but not tell you, girl, I think you should leave them, or man, if that was me, I would do such and such, because you don't need to know what they would do, because their situation is not yours, and what may work for them may not work for you. So you need to find someone who has a level head, who's not quick to judgment, someone who will just listen, a good listening ear as a support system to encourage you while you make your decision and just be there for you to support you and not tell you what to do. I would also say um, another tip would be to spend time together without talking about the affair. So maybe you guys could go on a day trip somewhere and just reconnect, talk about things that made you love this person when you got married, why you got married. Just spend some time together without talking about the affair and talking about what made you love each other in the beginning. So spend some time together doing that, just reconnecting and bonding. And the last step I'm going to give is just forgive when you are ready. Now, forgiveness is important because, as I always say, when you don't forgive, it's almost like swallowing a bottle of poison to get back at somebody else. And that never works till you just hurt yourself in the end. So forgive, but do it when you're ready. Do it when you've grieved. Because once you fully and truly forgive someone, then you'll be able to trust them again. You'll be able to rebuild and your marriage can begin the healing process. So, forgive when you are ready to forgive. Now, now that we've gone over some of the steps for healing after an affair, you can understand why it's important and why I'm telling you, you should probably enlist the help of a marriage counselor to help you both navigate through this difficult time in your marriage. Because even with your good intentions and what you want to do, a counselor has training. They will be able to help you. I say it like this when I talk about counselors. If you're sick, all right, some people try to fix, do home remedies and fix their illness at home, which is not recommended because if you're sick, you go to a doctor. If you have a toothache, you see a dentist. If, you have, if you're having problems with your eyes, you go to see the eye doctor. So it only makes sense that if you are having issues in your marriage and you need to move on and heal from an affair, that you will see a marriage counselor because a marriage counselor is like a doctor. They can help you with your marriage. They can help you work through certain things and navigate through difficult situations and times in your marriage. And seeing a counselor can also help you be honest because if you're not honest with the counselor, it's not going to work. So that can also help if a counselor can help because it will kind of, not force you to be honest, but it will kind of um, help you to be honest and talk about these difficult um, emotions and feelings and situations in a controlled environment where there's someone who you both trust and they're talking you through it. They're not telling you what to do. They're not telling you how to feel. They're just there to monitor the situation. They're there to make sure you guys talk and work it out. And they have no say so in what you guys decide. It's them helping and encouraging you to work together on your marriage. So that is why I say it's important to talk to a marriage counselor. And I want you guys to keep in mind, please keep this in mind, that it's not going to be easy. But with a lot of commitment and hard work, your marriage can once again be a happy and thriving marriage, but it's going to take a lot of hard work and understanding from both of you. So just keep this in mind that this is a process and that it's going to take some time. But know that it's possible for your marriage to survive an affair. It's possible for your marriage to heal. It's possible for your marriage to thrive after an affair. 
Now, the song that we're going to listen to today is called Tell Me Everything. And it's about a woman who has been betrayed by her partner in some way or other. And she's trying to begin the healing process and restoration process in her marriage. So, here's the song, Tell Me Everything. Things haven't been easy And I think you should talk to me Your actions have caused me pain And it's not hard for you to see That my trust in you has gone away And I don't know if I should stay I am willing to give you a chance But I need to know what happened that day If you want me to trust you podcast i would like to thank BetterHelp for their continued support of the music and therapy podcast BetterHelp is a counseling online service and they are there to help you 
Their goal is to help people become the best version of themselves that they can be, which is in line with what we want to do here at Music and Therapy. So I'm extremely happy to work with them. Now, BetterHelp is not a do-it-yourself kind of thing. It's not one of those things that you do for self-help. BetterHelp is actually licensed counselors and trained professionals who are there to help you navigate through the most difficult times in your life. For example, here are some of the things I love about BetterHelp. It's not a traditional wait in the office kind of thing. You can meet with them online. So because it's online, people can meet with them in the United States. People can meet with them in Europe and in Africa. They can help anyone anywhere in the world. Why? Because they are online. They are flexible. You can talk to a counselor within 24 to 48 hours of signing up for services. They will match you with someone who will be able to help you. You can talk to a professional who has a specific expertise that may not be in your area. Why? Because they are online. Another thing that I love about BetterHelp is that they actually help people who don't have the money or resources to get counseling. And that's the thing that I love. So there's like, they're not holding counseling back from you because you may not be able to afford it, especially if you have lost your job because of the pandemic or have financial issues. They have scholarships available. They even have financial aid available so that you can get the help that you need if you are desperately in need for help. BetterHelp is available and BetterHelp is willing to help and serve you. So if you would like to get more information about BetterHelp or sign up for services, what you can do is click the link in the show notes and in the link, that's the link to BetterHelp. And we also have a promo code. And the great thing about the promo code is that if you put in music and vibes, that's our promo code, they will give you 10% off of your first month of service. So if you are in need of better help, H-E-L-P, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes, put in the promo code, and you will be on your way to begin the process of healing. I would also like to thank you guys so much for listening to me. I enjoy our time. I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy hanging out with you, spending time with you. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's appreciated, and I just love you guys. Thank you so much. Now, on that note, I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's not the same without you. I miss you. I want you in the group. So go ahead and join our Facebook group, and it's easy to do. There's a link in the show notes. Click on the link and join and I made it easy so that anybody can join you don't have to wait for approval you don't have to wait for anything just click the link put join and you are in so I hope I see you in the Facebook group soon because that would just be amazing join our Facebook group I also want to encourage you to follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes wherever you're listening go ahead and follow the podcast also leave me a comment I would love to hear your thoughts on the show And then I also want to encourage you to share the podcast with a friend. There are people out there who need to hear some of what we're talking about. And because you are able to listen to it, and if you know someone who needs to hear what we're talking about, go ahead, share the podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring. By sharing, you are sharing the podcast. You're helping to grow our community. And you're also caring enough about your friends and your neighbors to share and let them know, hey, these are just some things that you can try out if you are dealing with these issues. Now, if you guys want to contact me, it's easy to do. I have all that information in the show notes. It says, join me on social media. So yeah, click on any one of those links. You can send me a message. You can DM me. Whatever you want to do, you can go ahead and do that. And I promise you, if you send me a message, I will respond to you. I think that's all I have to tell you. 
If you guys make anything else, send me a message. Let me know. Any questions you want answered, go ahead and have an amazing week. Enjoy your time with family and friends. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Cheated on me